here's a quick question. Who do you think is the absolute highest paid employee in the United States federal government? Who do you think it is? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. If you think the highest paid employee of the federal government of the United States happens to be the president, you'd be wrong. Matter of fact, if you go to the latest data on file for those that are paid with taxpayer money, the winner of the highest paycheck in the entire United States government, we're not talking graft or cheating or under the table, we're talking, you know, paycheck. Dr. Anthony Fauci, who made $417,608 in 2019. That's the latest year. And so he makes more than the president or anybody else. And if he sticks around the entire Biden administration, he'll make two and a half million more dollars. Isn't that incredible? This is the guy that makes all the rules. He tells you, you must stay home. You can't go to work. Your restaurant needs to be closed. A mask doesn't work. Remember that? People should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it? Because people are listening really closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet. But it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And then, of course, in time, maybe a mask uh, would help. Or maybe two masks or three. Who knows? The man has changed his policies and the way things should be done multiple times in this process. I'm beginning to wonder why we're paying him over 400 and some odd thousand dollars per year. Why is Anthony Fauci, the guy that sent the virus to Wuhan with our money, only to come back to bite the world, why is he the highest paid employee in the United States government? It makes you wonder. It makes you sincerely wonder what in the world is going on. This is the radio program called Truth to Ponder, also heard as a podcast. And and today I'm not going to get into too much of these kind of stories. I do want to share something that's on my heart and mind. Opportunity. Things we need to be doing. I said earlier when the program began as a weekday show at the end of August, we may have a window of opportunity to do several things before things change immensely. Now, I come from a Christian worldview. My eschatology, end times things, may disagree with some of my Christian listeners. We can't agree that Jesus is coming again. We should agree that we should be ready. What does being ready mean? I'm one, and I've told you before, and I hope you don't get mad at me for saying this, I I am not a believer in a pre-tribulation rapture. I don't see it scripturally. I've spent enough time in scripture. I'm in ministry, or a day ministry, 25 plus years now, and I just don't see it. I know a lot of people sincerely believe it, and I don't fault you for wanting to believe it, 
But if there is no pre-tribulation rapture, then what are you going to do? The Bible teaches a few things that I, I find rather interesting that we should understand. That tribulation is always going to be amongst us. Only we really in America, when you think about it, when you think about this 240 some odd year experiment in a constitutional republic, no, we're not a democracy, by the way. I get so tired of hearing politicians say, we are a democracy. We got to protect our democracy. Okay, where does the word democracy appear in our founding documents? It doesn't. And there's a reason. A democracy is a very dangerous kind of government. I've always said it is like two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for lunch. That's why we are a representative republic, putting that aside now. We are coming into a very unprecedented time. The Bible made it clear, if you look over history from the time of Christ, tell me all the centuries that went by in the world where Christians were always safe and never persecuted. The only time I can really see that is in the United States and and in the latter years, in recent years, in, in, in much of the Western world like Canada, Australia. Europe, even the United Kingdom to a degree. We finally had religious freedom or religious toleration. Call it what you'd like. We've always had times of of turbulence in, in our world. We have so many people in the United States that are thinking that the United States is the center of the Bible universe, and I don't believe that it is. Oh, we're the we're a Christian nation, and so we're we're all over the Bible, and the Bible's all about us here. No, it isn't. It is not the Bible's not about the United States. We're not the center of the universe. God has made promises to his chosen people, and don't ever forget it. I know there's some idiotic ministers out there, you know, pulling down piles of money telling you that Israel is not God's creation and it's all either Jewish, it's either British Israel or the United States or something else. There are new assemblies of Zion nonsense. Don't fall for their garbage. They're theological idiots. They make it up as they go along. These individuals that are propagating such nonsense have been on every side of a theological issue, whichever way the wind is blowing at the time to keep their ministry afloat. If Israel's God's chosen, then they were all on it. When they decided it wasn't, then they're all against it. I remember a a good old Southern politician I met back in 1975, 1976 in a small town in Georgia. And I asked him, in an interview one time, so what do you attribute your success in politics? And he goes, well, if half the people are for it and half of them are against it, I I always do what the people want. And a lot of these preachers out there, that's exactly what they're doing often. They're following the trend, trying to pretend they're, they're one step ahead of the news, one step ahead of some prophecy curve. And look at all the idiot prophets that, that failed in the recent months 
before and after the the election. So here we are. There's a new administration. Whether or not we want to argue, debate, or research, was it a fair election? Immaterial, it's there. My heart says, my heart says in no uncertain terms that there was cheating. Whether there was enough, I don't know until there's an investigation. But my heart tells me something smells rotten in Denmark, so to speak. And what we saw back in November with all the mail-in voting, the opportunity of cheating was way too high. And whether certain secretaries of states or governors were complicit, I don't know. But it seems rather odd when they fight so hard not to double-check. That's what I find disturbing. Even Republican governors and secretaries of state getting very defensive, very angry, very bitter, very annoyed. How dare you even suggest? Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. But I thought at the top of the program you'd get a kick out of finding out the guy that told you to stay home and starve, lose your business, lose it all who keeps changing and moving the goalpost at 2 in the morning. He makes 417000 with with raises probably more like four and a quarter, 425000 plus per year, plus benefits and retirement and all that is plowed on top. He makes all that money. His paycheck is secure. He's 80 years old making this paycheck from the United States government. He's been a well-paid employee for like 40-some-odd years. And what has he accomplished with all the taxpayer money? He was going to give us a, a vaccine to cure AIDS. Well, that didn't happen. He was convinced it could be done. Over these past 10 or 12 years, he's been playing around with dangerous viruses. And when you couldn't do it here, he sends it to where? Three guesses. Okay, I'll I'll front you this one. It's China. And on cue, I see the other day, the head of the World Health Organization, the WHO, well, we're really not sure about the origins of this virus. It, it may be China, but then again, we, we, we don't know. Yeah, you know. Your Chinese financial handlers have told you what you're allowed to say and not to say. I've seen that over the past year in my emergency management work, where the WHO makes a factually correct statement, then they have to walk it back because it offended somebody in China or somewhere else or it wasn't the politically correct thing to say even when the who had a very fascinating uh, press conference and I think it was like June or July don't have it in front of me but I, I remember watching it because I was still paying a lot of attention I was still kind of trying to figure out what this whole virus story was. But I remember this press conference, and they were beginning to talk about 
you know, the research is just not backing up this theory of asymptomatic spread. You remember that? Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but man, it got buried quick. There they have these doctors at a press conference explaining the research they had done, and they're just not seeing this asymptomatic spread. Well, that went against the political narrative of destroy the earth. It's a scorched earth policy to get rid of Trump in many cases. And then you have people like Newsom saying, well, you know, it's just merely coincidental that I want to open everything back up in California a week after Joe Biden is inaugurated or days after. Telling the truth is going to be one of the most difficult things to do moving forward. I mean, truth is going to become a very, very difficult commodity. Being able to to reach out to you and share every day, not just me, but there are many others who I have a tremendous respect for. And, and their voices are going to be silenced on many of the social media platforms because they said something that the tech oligarchy the tech tyrants the the extreme left elitist don't want you to hear and it's going to become harder there was a time you could post things on youtube but now you post certain things and it mysteriously just disappears in the middle of the night say the wrong thing on twitter And your account gets locked or you become a non-person. You disappear like like what happened in the early days of the Bolshevik Revolution and when the Nazis took over Germany. You just disappeared. That seems to happen a lot in leftist-run dictatorships. People's voices disappear and go away. In a couple of minutes, I'm going to share some thoughts on on what we can do and and how we're going to stay connected and what the opportunities are moving forward. I saw something earlier this week, didn't have a chance to talk about it yesterday or the day before when it first came out, and I did a little bit of research about it, and I'm looking at something that Twitter wants to do. Now, Twitter is one of, to me, Twitter, of all the three or the monstrous tech giants and when i when i talk about these tech giants i'm talking about you know facebook which owns instagram google which owns youtube and other stuff you know google that reads all your email yeah they read your email if you didn't know it they really do they read your email then they target advertising to you There's no such thing as free email. There's got to be a way to pay for these millions of dollars worth of servers and and bandwidth. I mean, how do you do it for free? Are you just a nice guy? Hey, I'm going to give all my corporate money to give free email, free this, free, free, free to everybody. There is a price tag, my friend, especially with Google. Google is really notorious. They have made, well, literally to the trillions of dollars, just selling you out is what they do. Do no harm is what their corporate motto is, but they're harming you every minute of every hour of every day. That's just who they are. But Twitter is one of those things that just really 
is the anomaly. And I look at Jack Dorsey, who, who always looks like he just had a hit of meth whenever he talks. And he's permanently suspended or removed and made a non-person out of the former president of the United States who had 23 million followers on Twitter. Even before the term ended, he pulled the plug. And they're going to increasingly be pulling the plug on people that they decide you don't need to be hearing because they don't want you to know. They don't want the word. You can't handle the truth. We're going to tell you what the truth is. I mean, this is so Orwellian. This is like 1984, Ministry of Truth. And now, and now Jack Dorsey announces this this new thing called bird watch did all right let me say that again he's announced something new called bird watch where you know localized fact checkers will double check everything anybody says and if it goes against the established narrative i guess that they can get rid of it uh put a warning on it or just make it disappear bird watch gotta keep everybody in the left in a safe place oh hello there i'm big bird i'm in my nest well that's where i feel safest i feel safe and and much calmer inside thank you alan that that really helped i'm glad and you know you can visit your safe place anytime you need to so bird watch that's going to Going to make sure that everything is, you know, the right narrative. Everything's going to be correct. And if you go against it, somebody in the community bird watcher organization from Twitter will stomp all over your little tweet and make sure that it vanishes appropriately like any dictator would want it to disappear. That's what we're getting into. And this is my concern. What are we going to do going forward? You know, I, I have to be careful in doing this program. And when I do the little write-up for what goes for a podcast, I've got to be careful sometimes in what I write because I have noticed on occasion. Now, see, let me explain my use of Twitter and Facebook for the radio program. I use it to a degree. I rarely post things on Facebook. The, the, the rate, There's a page for this program, Truth to Ponder. There really is, and one for, for Twitter. And I did it back, oh, I set it up in, I think it was like July, because I knew I might be doing the program, and and everything is set that whenever the podcast goes up, the little blurb about it in the picture go to Facebook and Twitter. For those little handful, and honestly, it is a small handful of people that pay attention to Twitter and Facebook. You're the smart ones if you don't, but there are some. And that's how they find out the new program is posted and they get it that way. But there have been a couple of times along the way that I can't find that particular uh, program or tweet being mentioned. It got gone quietly and disappears. You know, people say they never saw it. So I know there's artificial intelligence algorithms at play. And you got to be careful in what you say. And honestly... I've got my opinion about Twitter. I I don't much care for it. Never did. I got involved with it back. Oh, it's got to be when I was working still in emergency management, building 
you know, web pages and text messaging systems, which are the, you know, the, the thing we were doing 12, 13 years ago. And so, of course, you needed to have a Facebook page so you could, you know, talk about what you're doing and get followers. And, and we did it all. But Twitter to me was an enigma. It just, it, it was like, that's where the beautiful people go to tell you what you need to think. And if you're a conservative, they'll just gang up on you and just, you know, kick you to the curb. And you can sit there and make a comment to something that somebody important says, like, you know, if Mitt Romney makes a comment, you can all comment on whatever dumb thing he came out with, the rhino that he is. But he'll never see it. I mean, if you're if you're a Mitt Romney, if you're if you're a Democrat operative, if you're anybody in media, like a Joy Behar or somebody like that, do you ever read the replies to your tweet? Of course not. You're just pontificating from your little you know bully pulpit. I am a celebrity. And I have a million followers, and my million followers hear every word of wisdom that I share with you, and because, and because uh, you know they they agree with me at Twitter, I can say with impunity anything that I I want to say. Jack Dorsey likes me, and so because Jack Dorsey likes me, uh, Twitter leaves me alone, and and I can call people Nazis and racist all day long if I want to because I'm one of the beautiful people. Do you think that anybody really, do you think these celebrities, when they put out, if Cher puts out a tweet tomorrow, do you think she goes and reads all the replies? Of course not. She would not want to be offended or made angry or knocked out of her safe space. And one of the good things now is with Birdwatch, they're going to try to make Twitter a real happy safe space for those that are on the extreme left. Conservatives need not share their views. This is the world we're coming into. A lot of people voted for Joe Biden because for whatever reason, they just didn't like Trump. Let's be fully honest about that. A lot of people that did vote for Joe Biden, by the way, when they find out about Hunter and a bunch of other stuff that the news media buried, then they, you know, one in six says, no way I would have voted for him. I'd rather stay with what I knew. But too late now. The media covered, once again, the Ministry of Truth did their job to infect disinformation and prop up a failed candidate of Joe Biden. You never saw a lot about him. You only saw what you were told or they wanted you to hear about him. So I've done all this to talk about Dr. Fauci the fraud, talk about all the stuff that the people are going to be waiting. You know, and we got a break coming up shortly, but I'm going to talk about some real good opportunity and the things we can do on the other side of the break in a moment. Saw this little story. You know, I, I, I think of this one lady I know. I'm not going to even say where she lives. Elderly. Never liked Trump. And she would always be there just loving Mr. Biden. And I would say, well, what about when the taxes go up? Oh, he's not going to raise my taxes. Okay. Yeah, you're on Social Security, you and your husband. Yeah, he's not going to raise your taxes. 
And I agree with that. He's not. He's just going to raise the price of everything else you buy. You know, let, let's start with this one. They're already floating a gasoline tax. Now, that's a permanent fixture to raise the tax on every gallon of gasoline you buy. There are states looking at doing the same thing, especially if they are blue states. So your gas prices are going to go up. I just happened to run across this the other day. That's right, a hike in gas prices. We're here at Quick Trip, where many locals are filling up their tanks before they head off to work this morning. And you probably noticed filling up is costing us a little bit more. In fact, gas prices have gone up 22 cents in the last month. And travel app Gas Buddy says, brace yourself, it's only going to keep going up. There you have it. A reporter standing in front of a gas station in Greenville, South Carolina, just a couple of hours from our little place in the mountains. And over the prior weeks, the gas prices are beginning to go up. Now that we have a Biden administration on board and knowing the changes on day one, we get rid of the Keystone Pipeline, knock a bunch of people out of work. Those people that didn't like Trump And I'm sure some of you have got friends and family that didn't like him either. And they voted for Biden because they thought that, you know, put the nice old guy in there is going to be like having grandpa for president. Well, grandpa ain't the president. It's everybody around him that's really running that office now. And they're already talking about gas prices going up, already making us dependent upon foreign oil. Again, a mistake. So if your gas prices go up, then your food prices go up. And now the Biden administration is talking about, we need to move the federal fleet of cars and vehicles to electric. Okay. I have no particular problem with electric cars. I really don't. But don't think they're the panacea of everything wonderful in the world and no pollution and no carbon footprint. Number one, where are you going to get the batteries for these cars? I mean, it's just a minor question. (laughs) Where are you going to get the batteries to run all these electric cars? We do not manufacture them in this country because we don't mine for the resources that it takes to make these stupid batteries. You got to do strip mining and destroy the environment to get the materials to make these batteries. And, well, there is a place that does it. It's called China. So as we go to our electric cars, we can depend even more on China for the technology and the batteries. Yep. Electric vehicles with no batteries included unless you go to China. People don't think beyond just the little snippet or soundbite. And this is what controlled media looks like. We have these nice, dear, sweet people that thought they were voting for Grandpa Biden to be the president and get rid of all the anger and noise, and then we're going to get back to normal, and the virus is going to vanish. Of course, Fauci now says, you know, we may have to wear two masks, or maybe three. Why not a dozen? After we were told they didn't work to begin with, I don't know, what do you believe anymore? It changes monthly. And they pay him 400 and some odd thousand dollars a year to keep moving the goalpost. The narrative is whatever they need the narrative to be. There's some absurd articles that I've been reading. How this has been used. 
and abused. You know, it's so sad. The coronavirus can be dangerous for many people. It can be very discomforting for a lot of others. But we keep forgetting something. As everybody, you know, as CNN, before they took the death ticker off their website, oh, we're at 100,000, 200,000, and then now we had 3,000 people died in one day, the same as 9-11, and they go on and on the death count. All the way up till the inauguration, then it disappeared off their website and right off their TV screen. You don't see the, the death ticker anymore because politically now they don't need it. But how many people are running around scared wearing their hazmat suits, their face masks, their goggles, their gloves, their face shields? Because they were told this was going to be such a deadly pandemic. Remember, we started out a year ago, basically 10 and a half months ago, when I came back on board to work, came out of retirement. I was told to expect... At a minimum, like 3 million people would die before the summer in the United States. Not 300,000 or 400,000, 3 to 3.5 million would die before, not the end of the year, not in 2021, not in 2022, but by May or June. Expect 3 million. Now, in, in the county in which I was serving, That would have been over 3,000 people would die before the summer. 3,000. I spent weeks traveling with other emergency management people trying to secure locations to put refrigerated trucks to make temporary morgues, none of which were ever used. Millions of dollars spent to prep for what Dr. Fauci and company and the Imperial College said expect three and a half million three million we might get it down to two million two and a half if we if we social distance and do all this stuff and lock the economy down everything we did back last winter and spring was based on misinformation and a blatant lie i don't think anybody would have tolerated what these governments did in many states, if we had been told that the numbers might be, and let's be honest about the numbers, we I, I'm not going to beat this one to death because I got a lot of things we really need to get into shortly that are more important, but we've talked about it before. I just want to make it clear. They may talk about 400,000 people died, and I know some family people that went through it. Some had an easy time, some not so easy. One almost lost his life because he he waited too long and he had other underlying issues that made him a high risk, even in his young 40s. Then I have friends that were 80 that just breezed through it. There's no rhyme or reason. But it wasn't three and a half million people that died. Nowhere close. What are we, maybe... You know, 10% of that, maybe 15% of that, if we really have three or 400,000 people that died. And, and I'm talking died of it, not with it. People that may have died with or without it, regardless, in, this, in the course of X number of months, 
we have people running around screaming at people, put your mask on, you're going to kill me. Now we're finding out maybe there's no such thing as asymptomatic spread after all, but maybe there is, maybe there isn't. They got to keep changing the rules to keep the fear alive. You got, well, no, I can't make the virus go away, says Mr. Biden. He might be doing this stuff for another year. Maybe, maybe till the summer. Maybe, maybe it'll, nobody knows. You know, I, I, this is why we do this radio program and podcast. I want to give you some real truth to ponder. Don't let the Ministry of Truth of Facebook and Twitter tell you what to think. Don't ever let CNN. I mean, those people are intellectually, spiritually, and morally bankrupt to the core. They believe in 62 genders over there. Yeah, Grandpa Biden, one of the first things he does. So now you can have men play in women's sports. Goodbye, women's sports track and field wrestling (laughs) i mean this is what you bought into you bought into a lie but he's not going to raise my taxes well he's going to raise your gas prices raise your food prices hey let me give you one more and then we're going to go to a break and then we'll change i promise i'm going to change gears entirely i think you're going to really enjoy what i've got coming up i think this is going to be exciting for a lot of folk listening He's talking about raising corporate taxes, and I can hear people say, I know this one like that one dear lady, yeah, stick it to those corporations, let them pay the big bills, so I don't have to pay. Obviously, you didn't learn Economics 101. Let me give you a little word of advice, and I figured this out when I was in high school a million years ago. As a young guy, I figured this out. It wasn't hard corporations really don't pay taxes per se they really don't corporations do not quote pay taxes oh well yeah they do the corporate tax rate may go to 28 percent again from 21 okay corporations don't pay taxes they merely collect taxes and then give them to the government they're nothing but a tax collector that's all if you raise corporate taxes to 50%, they just collect them. And what they do is they raise the prices of their goods and services to accommodate the new tax, which means if you're buying a product from a company paying corporate tax, you're the one paying it, not the company. <laughs> they just raise the price. So, you know, that stuff you were buying. Uh, at some store made in the USA, now the taxes go up, and then you go, why did the price of this this thing go up? I mean, it went up 20%. What happened? It's called taxes. The end user pays the taxes, not the corporation, and if you think otherwise, you, you need to write a letter to the school you went to and ask for your taxpayer money back. Yeah, we spend like twenty dollars to $24,000 per student in our public education system to have people running around blatantly ignorant about economics. Yeah, raise the taxes on those big corporations, and then I won't have to pay anything. They let them pay it. Well, well, why did my beer go up in price? Why is this so expensive? Um, because you tax the corporations, and you're the one paying it, not the corporation. 
So much ignorance out there. And this is the kind of stuff that's going to be more censored as the days go by. Because, see, truth is a dangerous thing to despot governments. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Draw on me. That's right. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now in 1869, James Gordon Bennett, publisher of the New York Herald, decided to send his special British correspondent, Henry Stanley, on an expedition to find Dr. David Livingston, who had vanished in Africa in search of the Nile. Bennett reportedly told Stanley, draw on me for a thousand pounds today to provide for your equipment. And when that's exhausted, draw on me for another thousand. And when that's done, draw another, but find Livingston. Now, only rich men can talk like that. Bennett was rich, but God is richer and God is more generous. So God calls you to a great journey, a journey of love and a life of righteousness and holiness and ministry and good works. And he calls you with a holy calling. On your own strength, you'll never make it. But God has no intention of you not making it. He calls you to victory. He calls you to finish the course. He knows that in and of yourself, you're weak and you get discouraged. But he doesn't call you to complete the journey on your own strength or resources. He says to you, draw on me. Whenever you need, draw on me. My count is good. There's no end to it. You'll never exhaust it. You'll never exhaust my love or my mercy or my cleansing. You'll never use up my strength or my righteousness or my grace. Draw on me today. And when tomorrow comes, draw on me again. And after that, draw on me again and I'll never withhold, but you'll receive everything you need to complete your journey with victory. But don't forget, draw on me. Now, how'd you like to be faster than a speeding bullet and more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, or how about just move mountains? You can. Sapphire is the super spiritual supplement to turn your walk into a super life with God, plus the incredible mystery of the temple doors, all free. How'd you get all this? Easy. Just remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's all you do. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. But call now. You'll be blessed. But call 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, I invite you to join me in the Great Commission to bring salvation back to the Jewish people and to reach millions of unreached peoples around the world on five continents. Just call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, The Nice Jewish Boy, at Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. It's The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Shalom Aleichem, peace be to you, my friend, and Messiah, Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Well, I need to apologize coming back for going so long in that first segment. So I'm putting this program together today on Wednesday. Just a lot of things were on my mind. Just I had a, one of those nights last night where I didn't sleep well. Just Well, I did, but I didn't. I'd wake up thinking about this program and all that's going on around us. And wondering how in the world do we ever get to a place where we have a basically 50-50 Senate. Uh, we have a close House and, and Biden in the White House. 
not talking in terms of being a partisan. I'm talking in terms of you know what you were getting into, an old guy that has, well, if you paid attention, of course, if you were watching CNN or MSNBC or ABC Nightly News or any of that, they shielded you from the truth. They didn't want you to know the truth. Mr. Biden has a lot of troubles in communicating when he gets off script or off a teleprompter. It's obvious he has issues. Yet, he's not Trump. He's not doing those nasty little tweets anymore. We don't have to hear. So what do those tweets ever do to you? I had a guy that was talking in terms of why he voted for Biden. And I said, well, what do you believe about uh, pro-life issues? Well, he wouldn't answer. Yet he claims to be some kind of good churchgoer. I'm going to say this and I'm going to get into the topic at hand. You know, if your faith has to be checked at the door for your job, then you need a different job. Let me say that again and make it as plain as I can. If your job requires you to totally check your faith at the door and do things that compromise your faith, then you need a new job or you've actually rejected your faith. It's that simple. You can't be a pro-choice, pro-abortion Catholic. You've decided no longer to be a Catholic but a politician. I know that's hard for some people to understand. But there are some things that are more important, and your faith should be the number one. And if it isn't, then you have no faith. My concern going forward, we're already seeing the tech tyrants and oligarchs and everybody else beginning to quietly and even noisily shut down speech that they don't agree with. I really believe that my podcast version, which is currently living primarily at two locations, I put it up on, a, on an organization called Spreaker. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, Spreaker. I've got an R in there. And I got to pay a monthly fee for that. I'm not sure if it's worth the monthly fee for what I'm getting. And I'm using another organization called Anchor. And Anchor distributes it to iTunes and some other locations, uh, Spotify, I, I can't remember all. And I think I think most people that, that follow the podcast, it's kind of 50-50, I, I'm not sure. But I worry about the future going forward. When will Apple, who didn't like Parler and took them off their, their iStore, when is Apple Podcast going to say that, you know, the things that are being said on truth to ponder, we don't want that kind of, quote, truth getting out there because it wrecks the narrative. Because I say there are two genders, and I, I consider transgenderism in general a mental illness more than anything else. Dr. Rachel Levine is still a man, no matter how you cut it. He may think he's a woman, but he is a man. A DNA test will confirm that. You have a mental illness issue. And Joe Biden now saying, well, you know, uh, we, we shouldn't, transgenderism, we need to fully embrace it now. So, so some guy that's like 17 male in high school, uh, you know, he, he kind of comes in third and fourth place in 
uh, boys track. Well, now he can be number one in girls track. I mean, think about this. You know, you this is what you this is Grandpa Biden that you bought onto. And so my concern is when I point these things out or bring on guests to talk about how churches are going to be made more quiet. Look how fast the churches got shut down in this country. A few defied it, and they proved that they really were not the super spreaders that they were claimed to be. You know, St. Andrew Cuomo, the pious of New York, was ready to, if you're a house of worship and you open up, I'm going to shut you down and take your building away, blow it into the ground. And then you have the mayor of New York dancing the night away on New Year's Eve with his wife while you were told to stay at home. Like, that's what you really wanted to do on New Year's Eve is watch him and his wife dance. This pandemic was used? Yes. Was it a pandemic? Yes. Was it serious? Yes. Was it as serious as they said it was? No. Did the lockdowns do any good? No. I can tell you that now with certainty. As you look over the world where they locked down harshly, barely, or not at all, it didn't do much of a trajectory change. If anything, it extends the life, not that a virus is a living thing, don't get me wrong, but it extended the cycle of this virus longer just by design to make sure we got through that election with mail-in ballots and everything that goes with it. And the goalposts keep getting moved. So as I look at this this podcast, I'm looking at other alternatives where I can load it. I got to figure there's going to be a fee involved with it. But I'm also praying about two distinctly different things in terms of getting the program out. There's got to be a way somehow, some way, somewhere to find somebody that knows. I know a pretty good amount about podcasts and software and websites. I've been building them for a number of years. But there are a lot of intricacies with a podcast. And and being able to have it on servers. Now, thankfully, audio is nowhere near as uh, bandwidth hungry as video. But to figure some way to host these podcasts, not just mine, but to come up with a, in other words, a new site. And yeah, we'll push it out to all the places like the iTunes store and everything else as long as they'll take it. But I don't want to have a situation where I may get kicked off a platform or two where we're being pushed to. That's one thing. But to lose everything from the master site is another. And so, not just for my program, but for others out there that need to be heard, I'm really beginning to look into alternatives. Maybe you've got some thoughts on that. Maybe you can share them with me. I would love to hear from you. I'm going to give you my, well, the the website. And by the way, I've got a guy. We're going to be doing some improvements on it over the next couple of weeks. I'm trying to find the time. The website is truththenumber2ponder.com, truththenumber2ponder.com. It it already needs an update, so i got to find the time to do it. If you know anybody that does WordPress, get a hold of me. Maybe you can help me do a better job with it than than I've had the time to do. 
And you can email me directly, bob at truth2ponder.com, bob at truth2ponder.com. That email will come directly to me. Nowhere else, nobody else will see it. Unless you're using Gmail, then, you know, Google will read it, but you know, that's that's another story. But But get a hold of me. I've got a mailing address as well. And my mailing address is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane. And you have to add on that line number 263. And and we're in Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. We may be heading back to Florida in the not-too-distant future. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about, so there we have the podcast side. And I know a lot of people are listening as a podcast, and I just need to know where you really would prefer to, to listen from. I mean, seriously, I'd love to know where you're listening. It would be huge to me. The other thing is shortwave. Currently, we are on two outlets. One outlet is WRMI in Okeechobee, Florida. And I'm, I just, I'm trying to think if there's any way to get more airtime there. And I'm, I've got a project that may help. Right now, by far, WRMI is the station with the most listeners to the program. At 4 p.m. Eastern on 5950, then at 6 p.m. at 9395, and then most nights, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, we are on again at uh, 10 p.m. Then on KVOH at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. California Time. So if you're listening on shortwave, I really need to start figuring out when you're listening, uh, when would be a better time or a better frequency or a better location. I've worked with WRMI for years, and uh, I know them quite well. I've actually, you know, I, I get paid by them from time to time too when I'm down there. It's kind of funny. Now I'm giving them all the money back that they probably ever paid me, but to buy the airtime over the years. But, but I'm looking at a at something I can do with them, and maybe able to isolate another frequency, an antenna system or two. And have even better coverage, especially at night. Really looking into something. Don't know if it's going to fully pan out. It's something that my wife and I would be investing a lot of money in to make it happen for WRMI. If I opt to go that direction. Really believe that we need couple of more frequencies and a couple of other locations. I'd like to find out what's going on with some of these other private shortwave stations. Are they really running to their fullest potential? Do we need other shortwave facilities and, you know, like in the Caribbean or Central America to reach back into the United States? I, I may sound like I'm dreaming, but I'm not. I mean, these are some real things that can be done. And a lot easier than many people think it would take to get them done. See, the tech tyrants are going to become increasingly hostile. The other problem with a podcast, a million people are doing a podcast. Everybody's a podcast host. I mean, they're, they're doing a program. They're doing comedy shows, cooking shows, 
uh, trans, you know, the, the politics. And, and I'm just one voice you got to find out of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people trying to claw their way up to more than, you know, five or ten listeners. Thankfully, we're a lot higher than that uh, on this podcast already. And, and podcasting as, as, as the primary source has been secondary for this program, if you didn't know. Because I know that podcasting, well, it lives and dies with whoever your platform is. And if they don't, look, look what happened. Look at what's happened in one year's time. Twitter and Facebook are beginning to flex their their dictatorship muscles because they believe they are of, let me, I'm going to be very honest about this. I'll just say it for what it is. Go back to 1930s Germany. 1930s Germany. Hitler's taken power. They did the Reichstag fire. They got in. They, you know, so they're, 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 they had the night of the long knives. And see, a lot of, a lot of the big businesses decided they wanted to keep getting wealthy. So they, they became very friendly with the Third Reich. And thus, the, the Nationalist Socialist Party decided who the winners and losers were. Goebbels understood the power of radio. He knew the power of the movies, but the power of radio at that time was was unprecedented because it's the fastest growing technology. And he made sure that radios were made that were affordable, that every German could own. Even with their tiny little monthly fee to subsidize the programming, Goebbels carefully used radio. When you think about it, Radio was the internet and Facebook and Twitter and cable TV of the day. It was unprecedented. Nothing was ever like it before. Today, the tech tyrants, they want to be the ministers of truth. They want to be the elite. They want to be the mega billionaires that they are. They want to be... They want to be in control. Jeff Bezos, with his his server farms, wants to tell people what can be on those servers. That's why Parler is gone. They decided they don't like Parler. So they're going to, you know, the, the group gets together. I don't care what anybody says. Zuckerberg, uh, Jack Dorsey, Jeff Bezos. They, they all decide what is and is going to be done. And they're doing the administration's bidding. And this is what I'm afraid of going forward. This is what I'm totally afraid of. That one little video at a time, one little podcast at a time, one little wet listen. I'm going to give you some other good news. If you if you have any website that you operate and you do any business with GoDaddy, get away from GoDaddy as fast as you can. Number one, they're a horrible company. Number two, they rip you off financially. They nickel and dime you to death. And now they are among the politically correct virtue signaling website host. Had a guy that had a politically motivated website. They decided they didn't like it. They pulled his plug. Dealing with another guy trying to save his website. He has a 
a online Christian school for those that are you know studying theology. They got he got knocked off and messed up by by GoDaddy. So they're just a horrible company. So if you have a church and your website's a GoDaddy, uh, I'd be getting out of there. We as Christians are going to have to get together and decide what part of the internet we're going to keep our fingers on where we are not dependent upon the tech oligarchs. Because when you use their product or service, especially if you're using a free service, you are really at their mercy. And I am amazed at how many people don't get it. Oh, but we can't afford that for our church. Well, then then don't do it. Then don't do it. If you can't afford it, don't do it. Either do it right or don't do it at all. That's what it comes down to. It's coming down to that for this radio program. I try to put together a quality product every day, and it's a lot of work for one, for a one-man shop. It's not easy. But I want to keep doing this, and I want to help others become a voice as well. Maybe you know somebody that needs to be on this program as a guest from time to time. Maybe you know somebody that should be doing their own radio show or podcast. Let me know. We as like-minded individuals are going to have to gather together to work together before we're torn apart. We need to have a few more shortwave voices. Maybe some of the local AM, FM radio stations that are not been consumed by the big corporations could be great outlets as well. And maybe you know somebody that should be doing that five or ten minute little podcast every day, but he doesn't know where to start. We need to pool our resources together and begin to work together like we never have before while we still have time. Don't be dependent upon Facebook. Don't be dependent upon YouTube or Twitter. I mean, get away from these people as your primary source. I mean, I'm developing background sources to be ready for when they pull the plug on me. Trust me, I'm not going to be... I'll be ready. That's why I'm working hard in the background. Airtime costs money. If you can help defray the cost, you can go to our website to make a small contribution or you can do it by mail. You'll find us at 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, in Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. You can make your check payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, and I'd appreciate it. Once again, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, in Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. Tomorrow, we're going to get back to some important topics, and then the weekend, well, more opportunity. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.